you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name's Colin, I'm the C. Uh, joining me is Zijan the Z. Uh, hi, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Um, have you been watching uh, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix? Uh, let me tell you, Zijan, I, w- I was ahead of the curve with The Queen's Gambit, which has ne- okay. never happened to me in my life before. <laughs> um, I- I'm... I was a big fan of Emma earlier in the year, starring Anya Taylor-Joy. So, um, so when I saw this one being advertised, I thought, well, that looks good. And so, yeah, I was right in there. And I, I'm part of the word of mouth that has made this a word of mouth sensation. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's fantastic, isn't so it? Good. Like, so good. So good. I've just, I've just finished the last episode oh, uh, yeah. an hour ago, actually. And it's, it's brilliant. Like, Anna Taylor-Joy is an amazing actress. She is. I mean, this is... This is this is her year, isn't it? I mean, it would have been more her year if if it wasn't for COVID. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, X Force was not supposed to come out this year. <laughs> uh, no, yes, of course, we, uh, New Mutants we saw him, but um, she was she's she's going to be in uh, Edgar Wright's next film. Um, is it One Night in Soho? I think it's called. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, obviously Emma and Queen's Gambit. Yeah, it's really good. Check it out. Um, it's actually got me back into chess for the first time in about a decade. What? Uh, uh, which I'm not the only one. There seems to be a rush of people going to chess.com to to, uh, to start playing. So yeah, I've been playing quite a lot of chess of late. Well, well, this is not really a, a Netflix podcast. It's but not, but you have to watch this. Check it out. Um, do you play chess, Sergio? Uh Bits. Uh, I use. <laughs> I I actually recommend uh, represented my uh, the county. Oh when wow. I studied in university in London. That is good. Chess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's it, really. That's my only uh, claim to fame. That's impressive. Yes, I, I was never very good. I, I kind of I enjoyed it, but I was never very good. Um, yeah, but London is broken down into many f- counties anyway, so it's not like... Still, uh, I mean, if you're playing for your county, that means you've got to be pretty good. <laughs> oh. Cool. Uh, oh, we've, we've had some uh, some feedback on our last episode, Zizia. Ooh, um, is it? It's it's well it's controversial stuff. So um, <laughs> people may have listened Who's to it from? Uh, it's from my mother. <laughs> oh, it's not, uh, but I mean, getting my, my, my getting my mum to listen is quite unusual. I think she's listened to maybe two episodes. So this is <laughs> uh, our last episode was on Rebecca, uh, and and, and uh, yeah, uh, she says uh, Maxim didn't. In fact, she says Maxim kinda didn't kill Rebecca. In that she was terminally ill with cancer and she orchestrated the whole thing. Okay, so she didn't pull the trigger. Maxim did, but she was definitely in charge. Uh, if I'm ever in court, I want my mum to defend me. That's that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. It's like, yeah, he, <laughs> he may have shot her in the head, but he didn't really kill her. Yeah, no, no, because she 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 wanted it all. Yeah, so you can definitely prove that. That's that's some great uh, great lawyering. Uh, I, I say this in the confidence that my mother will not be listening to this episode. Uh, I'm afraid though, she referred to us as being the C and J of movies. Um, Aww. <laughs> so she's she's written you out of uh, of C to Z. Uh, uh, I think to the list of people who thinks my name begins with a letter J, <laughs> she she won't be the first. I've, I've had that before. Uh, well, uh, today we are doing the top 10 films that begin with the letter F, including uh, your uh, suggestions, which we'll rattle through. Um, we've also got a quiz on the films of Michael Bay, uh, talking about the films of Adam Sandler, and of course much, uh, much, much more. more. But we start with the movie news, Zijan, what have you got? Uh-huh. Well, the biggest movie news I have uh, is that Wonder Woman 1984 is now available for streaming on HBO Max on the same day it pre- premieres in theatres. On the 16th of December. No, mm-hmm. wait a minute. No, no, Christmas Day, right? It's a Christmas. Well, it's Christmas Day in it America, is. and it's supposed to be coming out in cinemas in this country on the sixteenth of December, allegedly. Well, who knows? Um, yeah, so HBO Max will be rubbing their hands; they'll be pleased with that. But I, so I don't really understand HBO Max, but it's, it's where the new Justice League's going, isn't it? The Snyder Cut. 
Yeah. I guess they're desperate to get subscribers, but they they won't make their money surely by doing this. Yeah, they should do. They're not adding a premium to um, this film like Disney did with Mulan, mm, mm. Um, so you don't have to pay extra to watch it. Um, yeah, I, I guess there, there are a lot of articles right now saying, um, "Will this change the film industry forever?" Um, no, 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 probably no, probably not. not like, <laughs> like there's so many streaming services out there, it's impossible for any one individual to subscribe to all of them, and even then. Why would you? There will come a point where I just do not want to watch a blockbuster in on on my TV screen. As much as I like the comfort of my own home, my television isn't like the best when it comes to uh, producing cinema like quality. So um, yeah, no, yeah. I I have to say I I uh, I don't I don't rush out to the cinema to see everything. I'm quite happy to see a lot of films uh, on TV, but yeah, this is one of those films they say is a blockbuster that. Uh, uh, they actually, yeah, there would be a point of going to the cinema to see this, um, and we, or we could, we don't have HBO Max over here um, in the UK, so, no. um, so they haven't actually um, said any way of getting it via streaming um, over here. I'm just trying, just trying to play around some numbers because I think th- this is a film that would probably make a billion dollars at the cinema. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much HBO Max costs, but let's say it's fifty quid uh, for yeah. for a year. That could be true. Um, yep. So they need 20 million people to do that for it to make the same kind of money, um, which seems unlikely. That is very unlikely. Um, there's, there's no way, like, um, for me personally, I only subscribe to one streaming service, and that's Netflix. I think you do two, Colin? Disney Plus, man. Disney Plus. Yeah, you have Disney Plus. Well, Disney yep. Plus, it's a complete waste um, of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 there's so many streaming services out there. I've just heard that Universal Pictures and Paramount are also entering the streaming services industry. Oh, I mean, that's too late. it's just getting it's oversaturated, isn't it? Like, it's it's impossible. There's no way any one person wants so many of them out there. Yeah, I mean, Netflix is fine. Uh, Amazon will be fine because it's only part of what they do and people get exactly. people have access because yeah. they use Amazon anyway. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even, even something like Apple TV, I don't, they've got hardly anything that anyone's looking for i don't know how many subscribers they've got but no one i never hear anyone talking about apple tv stuff was it apple plus or whatever they call it mm. uh yeah i mean it's too late for paramount and universal surely disney even disney plus i think they've got a lot of subscribers but they're really struggling with with, with content if you don't like the mandalorian there's not a lot there yeah or the um the uh, lego star wars holiday special which i did watch this week um and? yeah it's fun it was it was forty five minutes though. I was kind of expecting a film. Um, Is that going to come out in the to see or not to see? Um, no, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't really classify it as a film. It's just not long <laughs> enough. I mean, that's that's basically a long TV episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's shorter than any of the Queen's Gambit's episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but it was fairly frothy. Uh, so. Okay, well, good luck to them. But I think HBO Max might stand a chance, I suppose. But the, the American system with cable TV and all this is a bit different to the UK anyway, so I, yeah. I don't really get it. Um, here's some news. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is in talks to replace Johnny Depp uh, as Grindelwald in, uh, in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. I believe it's not confirmed yet, but he's the only name nope. uh, being linked. So previously we talked about Colin Farrell, didn't we, thinking it would be good if he came back. But um, I, uh, I, don't, I did see something saying he's too busy with uh, the Batman, although that doesn't... He, he only has a cameo in it, right? Surely. Well, he's he's playing uh, Penguin, I think. Penguin. So, yeah. um, so whether the main bad guy, because Paul Dino is the yeah. So yeah, but I don't know whether there's going to be more in the franchise. And I mean, that seems like an excuse because they've they're, they're filming Batman now. Well, actually, they're filming Fantastic Beasts now as well, aren't they? So I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes sense. Uh, nah, I, yeah. I don't buy that. Matt Mickelson's look a bit like uh, 
Johnny Depp, though, I have to say. It'd be interesting to see what they do, whether they do it in-universe, kind of say, ah, oh, magic thing that he did. Because you can do that, obviously. Or whether yeah. they just don't mention it. Well, they did it with Dumbledore in a Harry Potter series. That's true. They, and they didn't say, oh, a potion went wrong. They just said nothing. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. A lot, I say, I've, I've, I've continually surprised by how many passionate Johnny Depp fans there are on Twitter. People are very angry about this. <laughs> Matt Mickelson is known for playing bad guys as well. Yes, yes. Uh, he, Hannibal, I think, is his most famous role, probably. Yeah, uh, he was in Casino Royale as the main bad guy. Oh, he was, wasn't he? he was and in, Doctor Strange. Um, and was he, I think he was a good guy in Rogue One, but maybe that's about it. Mm. Yeah, that's a problem. So, he can he, he fit well as an antagonist in Fantastic Beasts 3. Yeah, good actor. Or 5. Or 5, or have one of them they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'd be happy to see that. Mm. Good luck to the lad. Um, the next bit of news is a Marvel bit of news. Chris Pratt will be joining uh, Marvel's Thor, Love and Thunder, reprising his role as Peter Quill slash Star-Lord. And I can't remember, I don't know if you remember, is that coming up before or after Guardians of the Galaxy oh, 3? I think it has to be before, right? Surely. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is far into the future because James okay. Gunn is first and foremost focusing on um, the Suicide so Squad. Okay. Film. So... Um, it's not surprising though, of course, at the end of Endgame, the Guardians of the Galaxy went to search for Gamora with Thor on board. Yes, yeah, yeah. As well, so it's not like um, <laughs> they can just explain that away. Um, um, yeah. And you know Marvel, Marvel likes everything connected, right? So I think they're doing a good job of that now, where they're putting more and more of that together. Because it, it, they could just say, oh yeah, they, we run our separate ways off screen. And then there's a surprising amount of Marvel story happens off screen between films. Uh, but yeah, I think this is the right way to go. That's a good idea. I don't believe that started filming. I think I still. I think that was quite a long way away as well. Actually, it will be. I mean, we have so many Marvel films to to get through before that. I think well, we've got a bit of a backlog, haven't we? Because no Marvel yeah. films at all this year. No, none whatsoever. Um, or indeed any Marvel TV properties now that um, One Division has been pushed back to January. Uh, speaking of the Suicide Squad, uh, Sylvester Stallone will be in it. Um, not expected to be a big role. I think more coming here, but um, he was put on, or James Gunn put a picture of him and, and Sly on Instagram saying it was a great pleasure to work with him again and people don't realise what a good actor he is, which I think is, is true. Uh, my money is um, that Sylvester Sloan will get killed, well not him, the character I think will get killed in that film. I think he's going to be mm. in an early death. Well, he he was last with James Gunn on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Um, briefly. Unclear whether, because it was kind of almost setting them up as being a, as being in the sequel, but who knows if that'll happen or not. Yep. Exactly. Um, I've got another piece of news, which is usually one that you do do, oh, because yeah. this is on Zack Snyder's um, cut. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, so, there, there's been a new look of Steppenwolf uh, mm-hmm. on on the internet. Um, Steppenwolf, uh, for those who can't remember or refuse to remember. is a, it's is a, a band who sang... It, what did they sing? I don't know. It is a band. Heavy rock stuff. And it's also the main bad guy. Did they do Born to be Wild? Is that them? Was that Born to be. Born to what? Let's say it was. Born to be wild. <laughs> anyway, yes, he's also a baddie in Justice League. He is also a baddie in Justice League. Uh, obviously, he wasn't done really well in the Justice League film. Um, and then there's now a new uh, look of him, uh, which is circulating the internet right now, getting some criticisms because oh, yeah. he looks very spiky. He does look spiky. I've seen the picture. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The best comment on Twitter I saw is that um, it's, it's to prevent pigeons from landing on him. <laughs> That's a problem a lot of superheroes have, is, uh, or supervillains. Uh, yeah, there, there was a new trailer which uh, and, and which came out in black and white as well as color. 
and uh, and Zack Snyder said that the real the most fan centric version is to watch it in black and white. Um, so there you go. It seems really since one of the things is, is Superman having a black suit, it seems a bit odd to then say it's black and white because no one will know it's black unless someone goes, "Hey Superman, how come you're wearing a black suit?" I, uh, I I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this, but also in the back of my mind, as always, he's made two films in this universe, and one and a half of them are bad. So, yeah. Uh, he's, he's promised a solid two and a half hours of unseen footage right? yeah yeah basically it seems it's that every not... every single scrap of film that he made is getting shoved into this thing so. yeah ah well uh, we, we we may see it when we, if we have nothing else to watch which absolutely okay. uh scream five is going to be called scream um i absolutely hate that I I have no dog in this fight really I, I've, I've seen 10 minutes of one screen film but i hate it when films just go out of continuity in, in naming and just particularly where they just give themselves the name of the first film I really hate that CJ I really hate that <laughs> do you feel as strongly as I do about this not really no what other films have this problem Halloween did it and then you got things like Rambo where they didn't quite do it but the fourth film was called Rambo and everyone kind of calls the first film Rambo even though the first film is actually called First Blood it's confusing eh it is confusing and then the latest Rambo I can't remember what it's called now Oh, it was called Last Blood. That was pretty good. But, yeah, I, why would you do that? Why would you do that? I mean, everyone knows it's the fifth Scream film. I think it feels like it's a, a kind of a soft reboot, but it's got the same cast as the original, well, the, the first four, I guess. just makes me really angry. <laughs> you, you really need somewhere to put your anger towards, I guess. <laughs> I do, and I'm putting it all on the uh, Scream 5. <laughs> yeah, I know. A film that you'll never watch. <laughs> I wasn't going to watch anyway. Um, but I'm going to keep tweeting... Courtney Cox until she uh, <laughs> until she was I don't think she's on Twitter but um, <laughs> just so Poor angry, Cox. so angry <laughs> no idea why um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing that you could be angry about oh, yeah. is this Home Alone reboot that they're doing I didn't know that was happening they're not going to call it Home Alone are they uh, no they're not but Chris Columbus the original director is not particularly happy about it oh yeah yeah, he, um, he wants to stay by the, the strong quality of the first four Home Alone films, does he? Pretty much, yeah. Well, he's more on the likes of... Because this is by Disney, right? He's saying, why Disney? Why are you doing this? Uh, which is pretty much the same response that everyone has on all of Disney's live-action films now. Because why would you... Um, you know, he's, he was saying that this is like catching lightning in the bottle. Okay. Yeah, trying, to, yeah, trying to make something work when... Uh, yeah, it worked before. And yeah, so he's not very happy about it. Um. But we've got cast uh, of the new Home Alone. Uh, it stars Jojo Rabbit's Archie Yates. Okay. Um, which I'm pretty sure there's a small way, even though I've not seen Jojo Rabbit. I have uh, seen Jojo Rabbit. Is it the... No, if you don't know, then you, you can't tell me. But um, Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to think whether he was the main kid or the kind of the comedy foil kid. I'm guessing he's probably the comedy foil kid. Um, yes, comedy foil kid. Yep, cool. Okay. That, that, that same, uh, Ali Kemper. Ellie Kemper of uh, The Office. Kimmy Schmidt. And Kimmy Schmidt. Okay, cool. Yeah. And Rob Delaney. Huh. Of, uh, appeared briefly in Deadpool 2. Yeah. And also Catastrophe, I think he's probably best known for. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the cast right now for the new Home Alone reboot. So, yeah, for those who are looking forward to one. <laughs> is this a Disney Plus can... thing? This is a Disney thing. I'm not too sure it's a Disney Plus thing. Hmm. If it's Disney Plus, I might watch it. Although to be honest, I don't think I've. I'm not sure I've ever seen the first Home Alone all the way through. Have you not? I, I mean, I've definitely seen pretty much all of it at different points, but I'm not sure I've ever kind of sat down and watched it start to finish. 
It comes out every Christmas, right? So is I'm it, pretty it, sure. It's probably on Disney Plus. Thinking about it, maybe I'll add it to my Disney Plus list of films that I add there and then never watch. Okay, it's a long list. I added um, while you were sleeping to that list the other day. That's on there. Uh, oh, Sandra Bullock. Which in fairness, I, ha- oh, I have seen, but films. not for a long time. I have seen that as well. Wow, that is, that is a classic. Is this the closest you've ever come to getting Disney Plus? <laughs> no. Well, I'm probably going to get it to watch Wonder Vision, but that's going to watch it. Well, once you're there, they, oh, the first three Home Alones are all on, uh, are all on Disney Plus. Uh, for some reason, um, in the order, one, three, two. Interesting. Um, Jeff Nichols is going to be directing a spin-off from the from A Quiet Place. Uh, we've had one film so far. The second one has been made. It was going to come out and then they pushed it back for COVID. Um, but apparently we're going to get a, a Quiet Place extended universe uh, that the world is crying out for. Well, the first one was still good, though. first one was good. The second one might be good. Who knows? Uh, but Jeff, yeah. Jeff Nichols, he, I think he did Mud and um, uh, Midnight something. I always forget the name. But he's, he's, he's good. Uh, directly does fairly um, slow quiet I was going to say films so I guess that, that works here um, so there you go he's, he's lined up for that I don't know hmm. anything else about it nope the last bit of news that I have is that to no surprise of anyone Deadpool 3 is going to be R rated okay is it also going to star Ryan Reynolds it is going to star Ryan Reynolds there we go there's a Good to know. Well, no one knew for a certain because Marvel That's and true. Disney, it's not like they made an, any R-rated Ooh, films. Is this, uh, is this what? Disney's first ever R-rated film? Possibly, yeah. I don't know any of Disney's R-rated films. Mm. Well, that is... I, I'm sorry I mocked that piece of news. That was a, that was a good piece of news, Ejan. Um, almost as good as the uh, exciting news that Jake Gyllenhaal will be starring in a film called Ambulance for Michael Bay, uh, which I mentioned probably because of our quiz on Michael Bay. But um, mm. it's a yet another interesting choice from Jason Hall. Um, but the news I'm more excited by, um, and which fits in with the main topic of today, um, is that Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley are reteaming uh, for a film called The Fence, uh, which is a political satire about a newlywed couple uh, whose neighbour, as played by the great William Hurt, uh, builds a fence around his home. So some fairly obvious uh, uh, connections with uh, with real world USA politics. Uh, yep. But I'm a big fan of Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. I think they did a great job together in uh, The Spectacular Now. They, of course, were together in your favourite films, Ejan. I brought it back. I brought back the running joke <laughs> that you love Divergent. Uh, uh, so, I keep forgetting Miles Teller was in Divergent. It was hilarious how much you didn't want to be in the sequel. Um, there you go. So I, I think they're great together. I look forward to uh, watching that. Uh, we move on then into our next segment to see or not to Z, uh, where we talk about films we have seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Z them. Uh, and have you been watching films, Ejan? Yes, um, I saw Searching. Oh, did you? Yes. This is uh, directed by Anish Chaganti, his feature debut, uh, and stars uh, John Cho as a father trying to find his missing 16-year-old daughter. Hmm. Um and I just found out from Wikipedia that this is the first mainstream Hollywood thriller headlined by an Asian-American actor. The first? Okay. Mainstream Hollywood thriller, yeah. Um, headlined by an Asian-American actor. Okay. Yeah, are you trying to think of one? Rush Hour. He's not really Asian. He's not, he's not American, American, is he? Just a, okay, no. just Asian-Asian. Uh, yeah. Okay, no, I'm out. You win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first I one. win. <laughs> anyway, this film... Uh, <laughs> Well, this film's um, what about Mulan? Conceit. Does Mulan count? No, and Mulan is not hated by Asian Americans either. She's not. No, she's uh, from China. Oh, I thought she was um, American. Okay, well. it's not even a thriller. 
stop trying to. I will never stop trying. Um. <laughs> anyway, the, the the general conceit of this film is that it's entirely set on computer screens and smartphones. Hmm. So, Basically, so, sounds uh, like a thriller. Um. Yeah, all, all the footage is uh via like webcams and uh, things like that. Uh, and yeah, it's uh it's pretty good actually. Uh, hmm. <laughs> surprisingly good, given um yeah I wasn't expecting much. I, I I'm not a big fan of like using social media um, right. a yeah. lot in uh, in film but it works quite well and it's because um, it's like internet forensics kind of things because um, he's trying to look look at his missing daughter and obviously he's browsing through all her web history etc yeah, etc yeah. and trying to tie up all the links together um, so it's like a detective part detective as well which is quite interesting um, and obviously these kind of things are quite compelling uh, as you know shows like CSI uh, has such a long long impact on TV yeah, and has yeah, lots okay. of fans so it's quite it's a very very popular format I would say but um, and it, it, it quite works on film mm. apart from because the fact that they have to show everything on computer screens and smartphones and this is the bit which I didn't like about the film is that because they have to do that um, some parts of the film that is impossible um, to be uh, to actually appear on social media Okay. Um, they, they had to force it into social media somehow right. if that makes sense I'm going to give the example here and this is some spoiler if you, in case you're watching it um, there was a point when they were pulling up a car from the lake okay classic and yeah <laughs> and the thing is this was all meant to be live apparently there was a, a camera person right, at the side right. uh, <laughs> filming the whole thing and there was a commentator saying will they see the body in the trunk of the car right. there's no way this will ever happen in yeah. real life there's no way they'll show a live footage of someone's <laughs> car opening and then opening the trunk of it and then the cameras <laughs> camera, camera looking at the facial emotions of the, 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 the detective opening <laughs> there's no way this will happen Like so I mean it worked for the most part but things like this when they try to fit everything into social media kind of like uh, puts you out it's because like, it's just um, unrealistic it's like those found footage films where they're like which Chronicle I think is a great film but very times like I'm just filming my day to day life um, just for a, like a school project yep exactly just because uh, yeah no it's on my it's on my Netflix uh, list to watch but I've not watched it yet uh, will it's you, good though yeah will you accept the fact that, uh, that Stuber is a mainline a mainstream uh, US uh, thriller starring Kumal Nanjiani uh, who is a US Asian actor Stuber. Is that one with him driving Dave Bautista around? Oh, when was this out? Uh, last year, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, maybe Dave. Maybe because Dave Bautista is also a co-lead or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, this came out in 2019, I think, as well. So it could be this is. Oh, you're working at Peter. Okay. Um, I have been watching quite a few films actually. Uh, one of them was 28 Days Later. Uh, which seems what yeah it's why this is a straight up horror film i don't know what i'm doing yeah i know why um, are you okay it's partly because it's so for those who don't know this came out a long time ago first uh, when danny boyle uh sprang to, to um, universal recognition and um also people like uh oh, what's his name the guy who played the scarecrow in batman begins Achille murphy yes uh, it was uh Kind of when he was barely known when he was in it. Chris Rockstone was quite unknown when he was in it, or not very well known. Um, but it's 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 a zombie film, except they never use the word zombie. Uh, and the, the kind of idea is that it's a a virus that people have got that makes them hate filled and stuff. Um, so I think towards the start of COVID, it was one of those films that people were watching because it was about viruses and contagion and all this. 
Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why I got it because you know, people were doing that. Uh, I must admit there were times when I was watching it through my hands, through my fingers. Um, there were some pretty, <laughs> pretty scary bits, but it's really good. It's um, he he, um, he he wakes up the main guy um, wakes up in a hospital bed. Uh, and like wanders through London and it's absolutely deserted. So there's this famous scene from going across Westminster Bridge by the House of Parliament and uh, there's just no one there. And this is a really low-budget film, so they basically just got up really early in the morning and filmed it whilst there was no one there. Um, they have some really phenomenal shots. And it, it, um, it uh, yeah, it, it has, uh, it changes. It's not just a kind of a zombie horror thing. You also kind of see some of the um, the ways in which humans mistreat other humans and, and kind of power struggles and, and things. Uh, but yeah, that's really, it's really good. Um, well, There's usually most zombie films now. Like, is it? I don't know. I don't watch, I don't watch zombie films. Too, so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's usually about like the thing like The Walking Dead, for example, which is yeah. going on forever. Yeah. Um, people always ask well, whether The Walking Dead refers to the zombies or the people who are surviving. Ah, uh, well, there you that's go. Why, yeah. uh, so I guess there's not, it was quite, I'm trying to think what it was, but it was maybe 15 years ago bit more um and it was kind of credited with starting off the kind of the new zombie craze so it predated the walking dead by a little bit although yep. they're probably working at the same time uh yeah if you don't mind watching a bit of zombie film uh, then it's worth a watch uh, i also watched uh hannah and her sisters um which i think is worth a mention because i i kind of hate woody allen films in general i've yep. watched quite i've watched surprisingly many i think because he's so well known and so well um, critically fated I, I keep giving him another try uh, and this was good. This is the first uh, Woody Allen film I've actually liked. Um, there were things like Annie Hall I didn't didn't mind, but I've, I've hated a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. It, it um, stars Michael Caine uh, and various others, but he's he's married to one of three sisters, but then falls in love with another one of them, and uh, you kind of see that a couple of years in the lives of this this family. Uh, Woody Allen's also in it as a character um, who's a hypochondriac and then discovers that he's going deaf in one ear. And seems to have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the rest of the film. He just has these segments where he's going to see the doctor and stuff, but it's very funny um, when he was he's doing so. Um, it just felt like he kind of put two films together. <laughs> with, I think at one point they maybe walk past each, the main characters in, in another shot or something. But uh, if you want to try out Woody Allen, uh, that's the one I'd recommend. Okay. So, yeah. how, how old is this film? Uh, ooh, I'd say probably s- uh, 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, yeah, Michael Caine still still looks relatively youngish, well, maybe maybe towards middle age rather than young. Uh, yes, okay. maybe about nineteen eighty, if I was guessing. Hmm. Uh, right, we move on to our next segment, uh, which is the main segment of today. It's the uh, the films beginning with the letter F. What we're going to do, as we always do, is uh, go through our top tens, ascribing uh, points from one to ten. Um, we will then uh, rattle through the list of all the suggestions we've had from you, the listeners. Uh, and we will then have a definitive, definitive top ten. And I'm quite interested because um, uh, you may recall these are top, our Tom Hanks top ten, uh, yeah. the number one film that began with F, and in our Tom Cruise top ten, the number five film began with F. So let's see if they, uh, let's see if they make it towards the top of this list. Number five film. Which Tom Cruise film is it? Well, yeah, I'll have to find out. Oh, find out. Is this supposed to begin with F or begin with E? Under the, uh, it begins with. A, but, but with, with 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 the systems each and the systems if it begins with A or the, then, uh, then you can ignore that. Okay, I'm, let me let me change my order. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I know which film, which exact film you're talking about, Colin. <laughs> but now my what, order needs to move. What Simon always refers to as the Library of Congress system. 
uh, which I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to believe is true. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, on, let me let me slip it true. Whilst you're changing your, your ten, I will start us off um, with my number ten film, which is Fools Rush In. Um, a film I don't think anyone else would have mentioned. It's a Matthew Perry, uh, Salma Hayek oh, romantic comedy. Uh, I was a big fan of Matthew Perry back in the day. I still am, I suppose. Um, he doesn't get to make many films anymore. But this was uh, probably his uh, most successful romantic or most successful film, maybe. Uh, the one I think Seventeen again is probably his most successful, but he was barely in it. Um, yep, the he he, uh, he and Salma Hayek they get drunk and married in Vegas, and then there's all sorts of shenanigans ensue. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Mm. You get to, okay, get to see the Grand Canyon. I've not seen it because it's Matthew Perry. So yeah, I mean, it's, I'll be honest. It's not uh, it's not the critical acclaim that some of these have got. But I I've not seen it in years. I should watch it again. It's got one of the aunts from Sabrina in it. Ah, fair enough. What? The original Sabrina, Reason? right? Well, uh, well, not the the TV film, but the original TV series. Ah. Twin Tower original, or not the comic, anyway. This, but nor the uh, the Audrey Hepburn film Sabrina, nor the uh, the remake starring Harrison Ford. There's so many Sabrinas out there, Zajan. I know which one you're talking one about. One point. Over to you. Exactly. <laughs> well, I always begin this with always a massive caveat saying that I'm I've went through the list and thinking, well, uh, I'm pretty sure all these films will be on this on Colin's list, but I've not seen them. So I'm going to caveat right now that I've not seen these films. And if you're asking me why they are not on my list, it's because I've not seen them. So I'm not going to put them on my list. Is that why? So you, okay, so so far you've not seen Fools Rush In. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, I've not seen Fargo. I've not seen Fight Club. I've not seen Fruitvale Station, which I'm pretty sure are all pretty good films on their own right. I've not seen them. Fair enough. Okay, so my number 10, uh, and to be fair, uh, before you put in my Tom Cruise film, I was struggling a lot to fill up my bottom, <laughs> my bottom bit of this, uh, this, this list. Um, but as, as you know, I've not seen many, um, many of those films as I mentioned before. But my, my number 10 is, uh, The Fifth Element by Luc Besson. I know you didn't like this film. Uh, I, you know, I quite like this film. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because it's just can't be good fun with, uh, Bruce Willis in it, uh, Gary Oldman, um, He's a, he, he's a taxi fine. driver. I now he's a taxi driver. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. Now you know. Now yeah. you know. But yeah, it's it's just fun. Like it's one of those films I remember when I was watching when I was very young, and yeah, I, I still would watch it when if it comes out on TV right now because it's just it's it's one of those films that I can park my brain out somewhere and just watch it. Fair it's enough. Just fun. Iconic costume from Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I completely forgot about Fruitvale Station, which is not on my list. I think it probably. It would be just outside the list, I think. It's such a good film. Really? Um, it's really, really good, but it's not... Uh, I, basically, when I, when I make these lists, I go through my um, my DVD list and then I try to think of anything else. Uh, and I don't have the DVD, so it didn't... Um, it didn't uh, oh, I'm pretty sure it'll be your Matthew Perry film. Uh, yeah, I, some would say it's better than Fools Russian. <laughs> uh, uh, my, number, my number nine film is a film called Fences, uh, which won uh, Viola Davis and Oscar. Oh, I believe, um, and as best supporting actress is starring Denzel Washington. Uh, it's based on a play. It was adapted uh, by the playwright who, who received a posthumous Oscar for for a screenplay. Uh, it's yeah about a, a guy who, who I think he's a bin man from memory, and uh, he kind of lives in his house and is disappointed by uh, his life, and he takes it out on his wife, he takes it out on his son, uh, and yeah, just really, really uh, good adaptation of, of a play really really strong dialogue um, beautiful characters fantastic two actors on top of their game so I think um, yeah, both leads are absolutely phenomenal and uh, it is well worth watching it looks, looks beautiful as well and it's, it's all pretty much within this same house and garden apart from a little bit at the start of it uh, 
but doesn't and, and that, that, I think what often I complain about plays that they just pick up the stage and put it in, on a film and, and don't use the outside world enough but it kind of adds to the feeling of um of being uh crammed in and and uh, claustrophobic so yeah mm. good cool my number nine is the fly which one 1986 with uh jeff goldblum and uh gina davis i have not seen it have you not um it's very good it's very good for uh a horror film which I don't usually watch as well. Mm. But uh, the thing is, like, yeah, um, I, I do remember watching this very uh, clearly when I was a kid. And I do remember watching it a few times. And I'm pretty sure when I was a kid, it horrified me a lot. Yeah, be afraid, <laughs> when, be very afraid. Yeah. When it came out, especially the, the end scene. Honestly, the makeups, uh, makeup for this, I'm pretty sure they won be- the Oscar for Best Makeup as well. The makeup for the fly at the end is just insane, incredible, especially for that time, 1986. It's Mm. Just very, very, very good. Um, yeah. Um, I have to say I don't know much about the details of the plot apart from the fact that there's a scientist that um wants to um try to create a teleporter. Yes. But managed to create teleport himself with a fly in the other end, and they're both their DNAs merge. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's very, very good. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is brilliant in it, and yeah. Um, I've seen the Simpsons knockoff of it, so uh, I'll take off of it. I've not seen the film. Uh, next on my list is Florence Foster Jenkins, a film that uh, uh, Simon is tired of me going on about. But it's um, it was Hugh Grant is going through a great period in his career, uh, I think, and this was where it's kicked off for me. Where he took on this role of uh, a guy who's married to, to Meryl Streep's character, who's this uh, woman who thinks she's a well, she, she loves singing and she wants to sing on stage, and she's absolutely terrible. Uh, but no one tells her she's terrible, so she and she's really rich, so she kind of like hires out halls to to sing, and and he's this kind of um, younger guy who. Uh, he's having affairs and stuff. He he clearly loves her, but is also massively taking advantage of her and, and in some ways mocking her behind her, her back. Although um, he, he treads this really beautiful line of kind of yeah having a lot of affection and not wanting to see her embarrassed, but also getting frustrated by her. Uh, phenomenal performance from Hugh Grant, um, which I once tweeted him about, and he thanked me. So there you go. Mm. Uh, that's me and Hugh, big 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 friends. Uh, Meryl Streep's obviously good because it's Meryl Streep. Uh, and it is well worth watching. There was a um, a French film around the same time, I think, which was um, also based on the same story, which I've not seen. But uh, it's also got um, Simon Helberg uh, in it, of of um, who's in the Big Bang Theory. Uh, oh. I saw an interview with Hugh Grant saying, I kind of like said hi. It's oh, he's doing very well for a young lad, and then later realised he was probably the richest person I know. Oh. <laughs> He, they earn a lot on the Big Bang Theory. They certainly did. Well, they, they got paid a lot. Whether they earned a lot yeah. or not is a different question. Yeah, one million an episode, right, at least. Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah, by the end. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, my number eight is uh, The Favourite uh, by Yorgos Lantimos. Interesting. Uh, Oliver Coleman, Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz. Uh, we talked about this to death a couple, last year. Two years ago. I like it because he introduced Olivia Coleman to me. And I love oh, Olivia yeah. Coleman to death. Uh and it's not a film without faults. I do have an issue with this. The ah, oh, the fish, the fish, the fish islands, fish islands, oh, fish islands, fish like. islands, fish islands. Yeah, something lands. I, I, I dislike that so much. But uh, for a film uh, about a queen that I have not heard of, okay, uh, or which I should have heard of if I done my test properly. Say so your life in the UK uh, test. Surely it's all about Queen <laughs> Anne. Anne. It's Anne. Anne. There Anne. we go. It is Anne. 
Yeah, uh, I found it surprisingly uh, captivating. And I think the three female leads uh, sold it very well. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember you liking that much, but uh, cool. I, I, I thought the acting was good, but I didn't like the film. Uh, um, next for me is uh, The Firm, which is not the Tom Cruise film I was talking about. It's a different Tom Cruise film, but it's another good I one. I know exactly which Tom Cruise film you're we talking about. We all know which one I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> this is a John Grisham adaptation. That, uh, I think the first John Grisham adaptation I've seen, which uh, I've seen a few now. Uh, Tom Cruise is a young hotshot lawyer who gets in over his head and uh, corruption and what have you and uh, saves the day in Miami from memory. Um, of course he saves the day. Of course he does. He's Tom Cruise. But it's, uh, it's a really good uh, thriller um, I think it became a bit, bit of a classic so they're kind of sitting on a park bench and being passed uh, government secrets and all this uh, but Tom Cruise in his younger days I think it's probably early 90s if I was guessing um, plays it beautifully uh, it is well worth watch I think, of all the John Grisham adaptations I've seen uh, I think it's the best I think Pelican Brief also very good um, but yeah this one's uh, well worth watching well worth checking out my number seven is the first of a few animated films I have on course, my list. Yes. Yeah, as you know. Uh, my number seven is Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. What? Fern Gully? <laughs> Fern Gully. Have I you heard of that film before? Vaguely heard of it, maybe? Yeah, it's not a Disney film. It's okay. definitely not a Disney film whatsoever. Um, this was what Avatar was before Avatar came out. Okay. It shares the exact same story of Avatar. But it came out before that, and Avatar pretty much copied this idea. I basically say controversial Avatar, stuff, Sejan. Are you looking to get sued by James Cameron? This is a oh please. It would put, put, put us on the map, wouldn't it? If um, <laughs> yeah, it would do. Yeah, if, if James Cameron <laughs> no, decided to sue us for all the the massive earnings we have from this podcast, nothing like some infamy. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah, well, Fungali, the uh, the last rainforest is an animated film about. Um, uh, if you know the plot of Avatar, you know the plot okay, of it, right. because Avatar stole from it. Uh, uh, a human... <laughs> Just to be very clear, <laughs> they stole from it. They definitely stole from it. ...was trying to uh, get some resources um, in this rainforest, um, but then he got turned into a fairy, and then he lived with the fairies, and then he learned that, oh no, these fairies are not... Uh, you know, these fairies should uh, not lose their home, etc. The, et the rainforest? Yeah. Yeah, the rainforest, cool. uh, and hence uh, he decided to stop the big bad guy who was trying to cut down all the trees in the rainforest. Yeah, so basically Avatar. Um, Although it's basically Vietnam, isn't it? Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I put it up here, and it's not a Disney film as well, is because I still remember so many quotes from this film where I was <laughs> right now, okay. even though I probably saw this film like two decades ago, maybe, last time I saw wow. this film. Oh, three decades ago. That's uh, I'm how... going to put you to the test, John. Give me a quote from the film Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I can see it's a miracle, another perfect landing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You could be making yeah. that up. But I'm, I'm, I believe you, John. I believe that you. That is definitely there. From the yeah, bond but... that we have formed as, as podcast co hosts over the years, I'm prepared to accept that you're not making that up. Right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, for for that for that reason alone, the fact that it's, I I still remember it quite clearly is that's why it's up here. Cool. Uh, number six for me is a film that you have already said you haven't seen, uh, which is Fargo, um, which is a wonderful uh, uh, Minnesota set murder mystery, or, um, which stars Francis McDormand, who, who I think may have won an Oscar for it. Uh, it's the Coen Brothers' uh, best work, in my view, of the things I've seen. A lot of their films, and I'd say this is this is my favourite certainly. Uh, so this, yeah, this 
female police officer who is uh, heavily pregnant and she's investigating uh, a murder. But it's, it's kind of got this, what's it, Minnesota nice, I think is how they, 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 how they describe it, but these kind of very um, understated, quiet, generally peaceful uh, folk just chatting amongst themselves and, and solving the murder in a very laid back um, but kind of uh, very morally upright as well kind of way. But it's, it's, it's very funny uh and yeah france madonna was excellent i said coen brothers i sometimes find a bit hit and miss uh but if you kind of watch any coen brothers film i'd say start with this one um the tv series i watched the first episode i made the first two episodes um i i, I, I quite enjoyed martin it but freeman, i never right sorry martin freeman's in it that's right yeah yeah um uh, billy bob thornton i quite enjoyed it but i just never went back to it so i guess i must not enjoy it that much um <laughs> I, I kind of i keep meaning to watch it all sometime but i haven't got around to it yet me too. Um, I both the film and the TV mm. series. I was meaning to watch it, but never. Um, my number six. <laughs> I just slot this in just now, like oh, yeah. a few minutes ago. Oh, yeah. It's a few good men. A few good men, you say? Yeah, a few good men. Uh, with uh, so for all for all we know, uh, this may not be the actual number six because I had to like figure out how to move things out <laughs> in like thirty seconds. <laughs> but I think I think number six is a good place for it to be, and because obviously I've not done any research on it, I can't tell you much about it. Well, I can. It stars Tom Cruise, uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, the courtroom scene. We've spoken about this before in the Tom Cruise films. Yeah. We've spoken about this before in the courtroom films. Yes. Um, so I'm going to use that as my excuse for not explaining okay. well, <laughs> this film. I may come back to it on my list. Um, yes. Uh, the next for me is a film called Fever Pitch, uh, starring the great Colin Firth uh, as uh, an Arsenal fan who uh, who has kind of is obsessed with him. Has been ever since he was a kid, and it gets in the way of his uh, relationship. But it's it's a beautiful. It's based on a big book by Nick Hornby. Uh, also stars Mark Strong. Uh, and it's just a beautiful tale of 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 love of football. Uh, so I'm not sure it would be up your street, Zijan, if I'm honest. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a good explanation of of what loving football can mean to someone, and what loving anything can mean to someone. Really, that they're not um, directly involved with, but feel part of. Uh, Colin Firth is excellent in it. At the time, he was um, he just come off. Well, he he come huge after Pride and Prejudice, and this is one of the first things he did after Pride and Prejudice. And people said that he, he didn't really. Um, didn't really seem seem realistic as as a as kind of a North London football fan character, and he was saying, "Well, I'm I'm literally getting out of my flat, going ten minutes down the road, wearing the jeans that I would normally put on in the morning." And you're saying, "I don't look realistic. This, this is this is who I am." But I think people are used to him wearing a, a period dress and sideburns. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure you'd like it, Zijan. But if anyone has any interest in football at all, or wants to understand a bit more about it, um, it's really good. Nice. I believe there was an American film called Fever Pitch as well about baseball, which was released in this country under a different title, The Perfect Match, or The Perfect Catch. I forget. Uh, mm. Which stars Jimmy Fallon. Really? Jimmy Fallon? And, uh, and Drew Barrymore, which uh, my brother has seen, uh, but I have not. We were talking about the other day, and in fact, the other day we discussed whether it was Perfect Catch or Perfect Match, and I've already forgotten. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm now going to watch that film. No, uh, cool, good to know. Um, yeah, I'm sure someone else uh, recommended it on the list of films that people wanted, but I haven't got it on my list, so I'm wondering how many I've missed off. Anyway, never mind. My number five is this film I spoke about last year. It's The Farewell. Ah, uh, yes, yes. With Lulu Wang, well, Lulu Wang directing it and starring Aquafina. Did you say this is an American mainstream thriller? It's not a thriller. No, at all. okay. This is drama at its best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about an Asian-American uh, 
woman played by Aquafina going back home uh, with her family to China um, to basically spend uh, the last days with her grandmother who has terminal cancer but they're lying to her uh, and pretend that everything is well so they're just there to celebrate her cousin's wedding but it's actually there to um, spend the last days with her, her grandma who didn't know she has terminal cancer so mm. Um, what I like about this film uh, first of all is that I can relate a lot to this film well in the sense that because they talk about a lot of the Chinese culture yeah, which uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm part of <laughs> for mm-hmm. those who can't tell from my name alone yes. um, so it, a lot of the comedy comedic scenes in there I could like relate to uh, tremendously and a lot of the things that they touch about on culture on Chinese culture and tradition I can personally relate to and that's why I loved it. Like, when people talk about diversity and things like that, it's, it's films like this where I see it and I think, hey, I can see myself up there and it, it works for me. Cool. Um, that's that's why you should always have that in your films. There you go. That's More. right. You should always have a, a Chinese person in every film. That's what I'm hearing. Ah, especially me. Especially uh, Zijan. If you're, in, if you're interested <laughs> in hiring Zijan to, uh, yeah, uh, to play the next lead in a, in a thriller. Yeah. Anyway, um, Okafina's uh, first dramatic role, which is she's always done comedy before then, and mm. this was uh, this was through the force from her, given that she she also won I think the Golden Globe for uh, oh, yeah. uh, best actress in a comedy film, uh, even though she was not nominated for Academy Awards, which was sacrilege. Wait a minute, so Same it was her first non-comedy role, and she won a Golden Globe for best comedy. Well, this was a more dramedy okay. kind of thing. Golden Globe's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Golden Globes are always weird. cool. Um, fourth place for me is a film called Free Solo, which I've talked about before. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's a documentary uh, about a guy climbing El Capitan um, Free Solo, which means by himself without any ropes. Uh, so he's climbing up this this huge um, mountain face, or rock face in Yosemite National Park in California. Uh, it's such a gripping film. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, I was watching it. I've said before. I think my, my hands were. My palms were covered in sweat watching this, and even though it was obviously unlikely they would have made this film if he plummeted to his death, uh, but yeah, just a fascinating documentary of this this guy uh, who they, I said at one point they do a scan on his uh, his brain and it shows that his amygdala, which is kind of picks up um, stimulation, just doesn't respond to the things that normal people, well, not normal, the, the average person uh, responds to. Um, so basically, he just needs bigger things to to stimulate him and. Uh, yeah, in seeing his kind of his interpersonal relationships with, his, with the way he talks uh, to his girlfriend, etc., uh, and the way he deals with his friends dying because a lot of them do die uh, doing this kind of thing, it's uh, it's definitely the best thing I've seen on Disney Plus. Uh, I think it's a National Geographic thing, which is why it's on there. I definitely recommend that. Um, my number four is another animated film. Surprise! Oh, yeah. It's not the last one on my list. Okay. <laughs> this is Finding Nemo from uh, Pixar. Uh, and it's about a clownfish named Marlin who is looking to find his lost son, Nemo. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Basically that, right? Really? <laughs> yeah, we all, we all know Finding Nemo. Yep. Yeah, I think everyone knows Finding Nemo. I mean, like, um, but the thing is, um, Pixar made this film so beautiful. Like, the, the bottom of the sea is captured in such wonderful, wonderful uh, computer-generated graphics, and it's it's just incredible. And Again, some of the finest lines I can remember come from Finding Nemo. It's much better than its um, well, sequel. You know what I'm going to say then, Dory. You? you know what I'm going to say? What? If some of the funniest lines you remember are from Finding Nemo, I'm going uh, to need an example of a funny line that you remember from Finding Nemo. What? Why are you doing this to me, Colin? 
Why are you doing this to me? Uh, let me think I don't of know, one. really. I don't know why I'm doing this, but you're editing it, so if you want to... Um, uh, cool. I will... In my third place is also a uh, aquatic film about... Uh, about uh, it's a flipper. About a, it's, it's not a flipper. Uh, Why is it not flipper? It's not because I've never seen flipper. <laughs> uh, no, it's a much better film than uh, than than any of these. My my, my mushrooms gone. Much better film than uh, than a shape of the shape of water, which is basically a, a remake. Uh, it's Free Willy, uh, a Aww. film that was for many years I, I, my favorite film. I saw it um, when I was a kid. Uh, it's it's a beautiful, touching story of of a kid who uh, feels that no one loves him. He's, he's being adopted or fostered, I forget. Um, and he's spread versus graffiti. So the punishment is that he's got to work down at the Marine Center uh, where he befriends Willie uh, a whale. And it is heartwarming and beautiful. Fair enough. I, and I think I know why our top two films are. I think you do. I think you do. <laughs> I don't think you know what my top two films are. Uh, top three. Top three. I don't think I do. You, you, you've, you've not put Fool's Rush in, in just to make sure. Just, just, ah, just no, to confirm. Not. Okay. My number three is The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. The Wes Anderson adaptation of the Rodal film, uh, Rodal book. Uh, I love Rodal. I love stop motion, which is my favorite, favorite type of animation ever. Oh, yeah. The amount of work to do stop motion is incredible. And Wes Anderson manages to capture all the quirk of this Rodal book so well in his film and honestly I think most Rodal um, Rodal books should be done as uh, stop motion really. okay. <laughs> rather than like a film live action one because on, uh, the way Wes Anderson does it is so good you can tell it's a Wes Anderson film so he does has his even though it's stop motion you still you can still see his um his direction in it and Wes, Wes Anderson does have a very very distinct style and it can be seen quite clearly in here and honestly one of the this is my uh, my last uh, uh, animator film you know, on my list. Oh, right. Okay. It's, def- it's definitely... I didn't have any on mine. It's a good film. For the animator it's good films. film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's... it's I don't, and it's not really a kid's film, is it? It's, um, I mean, it's a kid's book and it's a... I think kids can probably enjoy it. But uh, Yeah, well, Raw Dahl's books are usually quite dark anyway. That's true. That's true. And it's, it, it, it moves along... It's many, many years since I read the book, but it covers a lot more ground than, uh, than the book does. Um, yep. Second place for me, A Few Good Men. We talked about it. Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Uh, it's also uh, got Kevin Bacon and Demi Moore, and it is excellent. <laughs> so it's back to me, right? Back to you. Can we talk about this together, Colin? Because this is my number two, and I'm okay. pretty sure it's your number one. Um, is it about how life is like a box of chocolates? Yes, it is about <laughs> how life is like a box of chocolates by Robert Zemakis. Mm. Uh, it's Forrest Gump. It's, uh, it's Tom Hanks. Yeah. This probably going to win anyway. Uh, I would be very surprised if it doesn't win. <laughs> uh, it was the best Tom Hanks film by some distance, according to our Tom Hanks ranking. Yeah, uh, it's much loved. Although a lot of people seem to hate it as well. I think it kind of polarizes people. <sighs> it's it's such a charming story, and uh, come on, Tom Hanks does charm like he's mm. <laughs> uh, incredible. Yeah, best actor Oscar, best film Oscar. Um, it uh, richly deserved in my view. It's a very layered film. Um, everyone who has listened to this has seen it, so as they should. Yes, yes. Um, there was a, a sequel novel. I don't think there was a sequel film, uh, which made reference to how they made a film of his life. Oh. Uh, yes, number one for me is, is as you uh, rightly guessed, uh, Forrest Gump. Yay! Which brings me to my number one, 
which I'm pretty sure you can't guess it because I think I've cheated on this. You're all right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Is it also? Pre- have you gone for a title in a different language? No, right. because it starts with a number. Oh, technically, it starts with a parenthesis. Oh, come on, man. Come on. It's, it's 500 Days of Summer, isn't it? It's is 500 Days that of Summer. That doesn't begin with an F. That five begins with an F. This is an utter outrage. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Wow. Oh, I, I, don't know what what? To, I don't know what to say, Zijan. I'm, uh, I struggle with this list category. I'm, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hurt. Five starts with I'm an F. What are you talking about? No, you, you carry on. You carry on talking about your favourite film beginning with the letter F. No, where's it supposed to be? It begins with if we do our top ten favorite films that begin with the uh, punctuation. This is up there. Yeah. So there's there's that will happen, right? So I'm actually find this opportunity to talk about my favorite uh, film. And Justice for All that begins with an ellipsis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Five hundred days of summer. Joseph Gordon David, Zoe de Chanel, Mark Webb film. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film. I don't think it's a comedy, is it? It's more like a um, I don't romantic know. I think it's quite funny but uh, yeah, no, yeah. Maybe, maybe dramedy but um, yeah I think I it's one know. of those films that um, breaks your heart the first time you watch it at least and then it really does and mm. it makes you you know question your perspective of you know why why, why, how that happened and all that thing. but it's a very realistic take on relationships in general rather than all the whole common uh, rom-coms where you see people just like you know it's the same rom-coms in general have the same format sure have the yeah. same trajectory you know it's always going to be the same thing boy meets girl you know and they fall in love there's a conflict and they break up and then they realize that their partner is the right one uh, etc yeah. or similar yeah the the good thing about 500 days or summer it just changes it all it's just um uh yeah about a breakup it's yeah all about a yeah breakup. and uh and the genius of it is yeah it's not played chronologically as it's just lots of days um well, it's a random, it's all very carefully done, but kind of jumping back and forth around the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I cheated, Colin. I know I did. You did. The, the only the only bit of, that makes me a bit cringe in that film um, is right at the end where he meets a girl called Autumn. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Uh, right. Let's let's go through some of the uh, maybe all of the films that have been suggested to us. Um, I always want to spend more time in this than we have because we always seem to be running up. But let's go. Uh, Kevin is just Forrest Gump. Uh, Andy uh, has suggested Flash Gordon, uh, which I have seen and I hated. I'm sorry, Andy. Uh, Roz has suggested Fame, which I've not seen. Um, Emma has gone for The Fly, the, the Jeff Goldblum version, like you. Uh, and also Final Destination, which again is another horror type thing, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, about, yes. uh, people seeing their death. Uh, Simon's gone for Finding Neverland, speaking of Johnny Depp, uh, which is a film about J.M. Barry's life and it's very good. It was not far off my list. Uh, Laura's gone for Fences. James has gone for Fargo. Uh, Rich has got our first vote for Fight Club, which um, I've seen a couple of times and I thought was quite unpleasant, to be honest. Um, but I guess that is supposed to be. And uh, The Flight of the Phoenix, starring the great uh, James Stewart, which is a good film. Uh, John has gone for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which again came fairly close to my list. Uh, Lucy's gone for Four Weddings and a Funeral, which is probably one of my least favourite Richard Curtis films. Um, and a lot of people love it and also Forrest Gump uh, Mark has gone for The Fugitive which is good uh, good shout uh, Rachel has gone for quite a few including The Fifth Element uh, Frankenstein not sure which version uh, Finding Nemo Finding Dory uh, Fantasia which haunted me as a child um, <laughs> and maybe the root of why I'm scared of objects coming alive um, and uh, Fatal Attraction which I've not seen 
Philip went for Finding Forrester, which I, I meant to look up. I have heard of it, but I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, Adrian's gone for A Fish Called Wanda, um, which is uh, John Cleese, Karen Klein, um, Michael Palin. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty weird. Uh, Field of Dreams and uh, Face Off, which is a, is a great fun film. Uh, Andy, uh, different Andy, has gone for Fantastic Four. Uh, I don't which know. One? I don't know which version. Uh, oh. We got another Fantasia vote from Judy. Uh, Rob's gone for Forrest Gump and Five Easy Pieces, which I did look up. It's a, um, a Jack Nicholson film. I've not seen it, but I have ordered it off the back of that recommendation from Rob. Uh, Darren's gone for Fight Club and the original uh, version of The Fly. Uh, Emma's gone for Frankenstein, but she says there must be a version of it, suggesting that she hasn't seen the film she's recommending. It's <laughs> uh, different, Emma. Uh, Richard um, has gone for Falling the Funeral. Uh, Dave has gone for the Jeff Goldblum fly, uh, Fight Club, Fargo, a Friday the 13th colon the final chapter, um, which obviously I've not seen. Uh, Claire, I, I managed to dig this out whilst we were talking, it did, uh, was the person who voted for Fever Pitch. And here's some controversy for you, Zizan. Here's some controversy even more controversial than your uh, 500 Days of Summer. Okay, okay. Uh, Fernando, from Fernando has gone for Le Fabuleux Destin d'Amélie Poulain, um, which is the French title uh, of the film Amélie. Um, <laughs> which begins with F in French, that which is, is definitely more controversial. Original language, uh, but I'm not counting it, Sejan. I'm not counting it. Sorry, Fernando, it's a great film, uh, but I'm pretty sure we already had it in our in our A film list. So, uh. yeah, right here we go. Then top ten um, in tenth place is the farewell. Um, obviously, you got six points from you. Uh, uh, yeah. Then we have three films. Oh, we've got six points. Uh, three films all on seven points, uh, which are Free Solo, uh, Fever Pitch, and Fargo. Uh, all three films on my list, uh, with a little bit of help from uh, um, yep. the listeners. Uh, then three films all on eight, which are Free Willy. No one else went for Free Willy, which horrifies me because it's such a great film. Uh, Finding Nemo and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, third place. <laughs> I know what third place is. Third place is 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> film which should not be on this list um, <laughs> and I think we can all get to the top two. Second place with 14 points is A Few Good Men it was on both our lists and of course top of the pile Forrest Gump 10 points from me 9 points from you 3 points from our listeners for a massive 22 points uh, unsurprisingly yeah. as it found to be the best film beginning with the letter F great stuff thanks Wait. for your suggestions uh, we've come to that point DJ, where we've almost an hour do you want to skip out of factor this time or um, we can skip Actor Factor I'm done I, I'm done doing all the edit for such a long podcast it's always me it's always going to be me it's <laughs> true yeah oh well uh, so we'll we'll save Adam Sandler films to next time um, which means that we're going to have to wait a little bit longer before you watch Rocky Dijon, which is what Oy, got lined up well, I'll be watching that in Malaysia then cool um, so we'll jump straight to the quiz and let me tell you listeners let me tell you, this is uh, this is edgy receipt stuff. So Zijan is two uh, quizzes ahead for the year. We only have three episodes left, including this one. Uh, <laughs> I think this year. So if you uh, if you win this year, you this. have won the yeah. year. If uh, if it's a draw, then I can't win the year. It can at best be a draw. Uh, if I win this, the, the comeback is still is still potentially on. Um, so, uh, film uh, quiz about Michael Bay films. Here's your first question. It's a nice it's a nice one to start you. I think. Uh, who played the part of Dr. Stanley Goodspeed in a Michael Bay film? It might not be that nice thinking about it, because I've not told you the film. Yeah, I know. What is this? Dr. Stanley Goodspeed. I, think, I just think that's such a such a weird name. <laughs> Should I know this? Well, maybe not. Maybe it's hard enough. Uh, okay, I don't think it's from Pearl Harbor. 
because they shouldn't be there i don't think it's i don't think it's um armageddon because i don't think any of them are doctors there that's the whole point of the film uh transformers i should i should say actually i don't know about you but i've i've avoided transformers in, in this round okay me too so, i have so avoided yeah, don't worry about that oh Actually, that's not true. Anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Stanley Goodspeed. I am going to go okay. <laughs> with uh, Sean Connery. Oh, it is The Rock, but it's Nicolas Cage. Oh, dang it. So close. So close. Um, question one. In which American city are the Bad Boys series of films set? I believe they're in Miami. Yes, yeah. Have you seen that Correct. that shot where there's where, where there's planes flying in? They go over a big Miami sign. Yeah, that sign does not exist in real life. <laughs> there is no Miami sign. It's just they need a way of showing that people are in Miami, so they just put that. Have you been there? Um, I mean, I, I can't go there. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, two Michael Bay films, Cian, have been included in the Criterion Collection, uh, which is generally a collection of art house films, but seems to somehow make exceptions. Uh, one of them is The Rock. Uh, what is the other one? Ooh. Ooh. You've definitely done your up your research this time. I right? I, I I must admit I have done more research this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm starting to panic. So. <laughs> You're definitely up your research. I am going to put Bad Boys, the first one. Um friend is Armageddon. Oh, you. Uh question two. Of all of Michael Bay's films, which is his most highly rated according to Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I even looked at the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, it's The Rock, I think. The Rock. Yeah, yeah. it's The Rock. Yeah, uh, up. Which is a bad film, um, <laughs> in my view. Um, two up. Uh, question three. At the end of Bad Boys 2, what song do Miles and Mike sing together? Ooh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know this at all. Nope. No clue. No? Nope. Okay. Uh, the song is Bad Boys. Huh. I've definitely not seen the film. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, question three: The song "There You'll Be" from Pearl Harbor was nominated for Best Original Song in both the Academy and Golden Globe Awards. Who performed it? Dare you be? That doesn't mean anything. Um, who performed it? Oh, I don't know. Um, so it's gonna have to be a guess. I'm trying to think whether whether any is it Madonna? It's Faith Hill. Okay. Uh, question four: Which of Michael Bay's films was described as having quote? turned America's failure to protect its own citizens in a fragile state into a typical action movie all about American heroism. I'll repeat that. Uh, which of the films described as having turned America's failure to protect its own citizens in a fragile state into a typical action movie all about American heroism? Oh. I don't know this. I'm going to guess... Oh, this is the this this is the one I need to guess correctly. If you don't get the, if, you, if you don't get this, then you've lost. You know. Yeah. Can you uh, say that again? So again, uh, which of his films is described as having quote turned America's failure to protect its own citizens in a fragile state into a typical action movie all about American heroism? All his films are like that. <laughs> All his films are like that. I don't think it's Pearl Harbor because that is definitely not turning things around. That is all about American heroism. 
I'm going to go for the most recent film, Six Underground. It's not. It's 13 Hours, um, the one about Benghazi. Oh, oh, you've won this anyway. I have won this. Yeah. Question four. Which film of Michael Bay's had the tagline, when everything went wrong, six men had the courage to do what was right? I mean, I think I think you're trying to con me into thinking it's Six Underground because of the name number six, but um, I don't think it is. Uh, I think it might be Thirteen Hours. It is Thirteen Hours. A yeah. uh, final question for you: Who played Six in the film Six Underground? Ah, uh, I know Ryan Reynolds is one. Yep, which is annoying. Yeah, I must... have you seen this film? No, no. Apparently, it was absolutely terrible. Hmm. I don't know who plays six. Uh, yeah, go on. Dave Franco. Um, oh yes, I've seen that. Dang it. Um, well, anyway, you want this question five? Michael Bay has been nominated for worst director in the Golden Raspberry Awards, winning twice. Name either of those films. Ooh, the, there's two of the Transformers films, I think. Um, yeah, which ones? Uh, is it Revenge of the Fallen? Yeah, that's one of them. Wait, 4-0. 4-0. Well, as you say, I did do some pretty pretty solid research this time. <laughs> uh, you're still one ahead for the year, though, and with only two to go. And what are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? Uh Again, I can't remember where we've done this before, but I'm going to put in The Mummy, the trilogy. Uh, I can't remember. So just just the trilogy, not the Tom Cruise one. I hate the Tom Cruise one. Wait a minute, was there a Mummy 3? <laughs> I'm going to do really well on this quiz. Um, I look forward to that. What's our main topic for next time, Zijan? Well, we're going to predict what's going to happen next year. I'm quite excited by this. Um, we tend to do this at the end of the year, to be fair. Well, I don't think we've ever done a predictions thing. We kind of talk about the films we're looking forward looking to. Looking back and, yeah. and the films and looking back. But I quite like the idea of um, trying to figure out what on earth is going on in this crazy <laughs> old crazy old world. Um, yeah. We will see you then. Bye.